Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in Moore, South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies, meats, cooked to order. You can also get a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, and cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to come home, come feel home, or actually, uh, I say home like it's actually a home, but she does want you to feel at home anytime you visit. So make sure you stop by Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6, and Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh fr- and from the heart, and she would love to see you sometimes. So make sure you guys, if you're in the area, make sure you stop by Charlene's Home Cooking up in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And today, we have a very special guest today. Um, I've had the pleasure of just talking to her before we even started this interview, and she's a joy. She's a treasure, um, and I'm no other than Miss Sulanda Hammond, also known as Sue Ham. How are you? I am great, man. Good to be here. Oh, thank you for having us. Like we said earlier, we, that we're down in King Street, South Carolina. Yeah. This is <laughs> down in the country, but it's but it was a nice little ride, and we enjoyed it. But um, thank you for having us down here. So I didn't want to shortchange you, and also to um. Like I said, author, producer, speaker, actress, director. Am I missing anything else? Uh, mom. Mom. Marine. Former Marine. Former Marine. Yeah, like just you, a lover of people, man. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you've done so many things. We're definitely going to get into your story. And like we were saying earlier before we started, um, how I actually found you was on LinkedIn. And this mm-hmm. is like the power of the internet. Yes. And I actually saw you... Um, Share a link. I, I thought it was a Nipsey part, but it was it was. I went back and looked. And it was like Marlon. It was Marlon how he was talking about ownership and how you know how he had to write his own scripts. You know, with, with scary movie. You know, he they were in the first two, and then they actually wrote them out of exactly. it. And that's that's actually to me when it went downhill. It did. But it was pretty much how he was saying. You know, how he had to kind of you know create his own. You know, write his own uh, scripts for his movies and everything. Mm-hmm. And once I seen that, I actually went on your profile and. And looked at everything that you were doing, and I was like, "This is it. I, I have to reach out to to her because what she's doing is special and something something else is different, and something people need to hear also." But um, talk a little. What made you want to share that um um this, that little clip about Marlon anyway? Well, because I'm a big proponent of ownership, and I mean, just you know, in us talking just a few minutes ago, um, my biggest thing has always been, and I guess I learned it um, not from theory. But actually, from experience, my biggest thing is I wanted to be on stage as an act. And um, but there was, as you said, you traveled here to the boonies. Mm-hmm. Um, there were no one doing shows here. Um, I didn't live in New York or California. At the time, Atlanta wasn't popping. Um, and I knew that in order for me to do something right, I was probably going to have to create it because no one was going to swoop down into Winsburg County and pick me up because we didn't have social media or the mm-hmm. Internet. So I said, yo, in order for me to do this, I need to start writing and creating my own shows. And for years, I've been a big proponent of people creating their own content. If there's something that you want and it doesn't exist, create it. Don't wait on someone to put you on their thing. And then the second part to creating it is owning it. Absolutely. And I love how Oprah shows us that ownership is powerful. How Tyler Perry shows us that ownership is powerful. Like you could sell and probably be even more wealthier. But there, to me, ownership is priceless. So that was the sole purpose. There was no opportunity. I had to create it. And I figured if I had to create it, I'm going to brand it with who I am, which is why you see Sue Ham on mm-hmm. every freaking thing that I create. And I think it's so important, like you said, ownership, because mm-hmm. like I said earlier, when we were talking, it was like when we grow up, we saw music artists and it still happens today where music artists, you know, they'll like sign their life away. Yes. They, they might give them some money up front and then that's it. But they don't know, like. Okay, we we gonna give them all of this, but now they own every piece of work that we create. Everything, all your masters, all your masters. Uh, and, and let me, can I interject real oh, quick? Go ahead, go ahead. Music artists. One of the things that I love about James Brown, I didn't know it, so I started doing research. When they didn't want to play James records, James said, "Okay, I'm gonna create my own radio stations. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna spend my own music." He created his own label. He had his own private jet. So it was just amazing to me how someone like James Brown. You know, prior to an Oprah, prior to an Tyler Perry, had that mindset of like, listen, I'm about to get out here. This is my music. I'm the one on the stage every night. I need to own it. And in order for me to own it, get my music played, I need to create those platforms. Absolutely. And so, um, trust me, it wasn't easy for James. We got a lot easier now, so we have no Absolutely. excuse. 
And uh, like I was saying, we also, um, well, as far as ownership goes, like those people who do those things, like visionaries, like those people need to be appreciated because they're laying the groundwork and showing us what we actually yeah. need to do. And one of my um, one of my favorite artists, um, and I actually uh, gravitated toward him one of the most was uh, Nipsey Hussle. I'm not sure if you listened to him a lot. I really didn't know Nipsey until after his death. Oh he man, he was he was time. man he was a, he was a special dude. But like he's somebody who set the tone from like years ago like he he been he he was always like on ownership like mm-hmm. everything that he put out he wanted to own it that's why mm-hmm. he never he kept pretty much stayed independent because he already knew how like you when you sign these deals you know yeah these labels they yeah. pretty much they, they got you where they want you so he was pretty much one of those guys where wow. you know he was just pretty much on his ownership everything he created he wanted to own it. he he might want, he might do like a distribution deal or something right but as far as him making the content and creating it Everything he created, he, he wanted. It. Yeah, he wanted to own it. And they, he was one of those guys, when I listened to his music, I appreciated it. I'm like, man, this guy was doing this years ago. And we still have yeah, artists time. now. It was like, he was so far ahead of his, his time. time. And he was one of the people that also inspired me, you kind of know, to go ahead and start my own business as well with uh, more than a job. And I love and, that title, by the way. Thank you. And because, um, like I was telling you earlier, it was just pretty much, you know, just telling people, like, you're more than just a nine mm-hmm. to five and just going into work and picking up a paycheck because at the end of the day, when, when, when at the job, if the company closes down or any given day, you can finish your job, they can let you go. And that's it's just it. like pretty much that's it. And, and they don't think twice about it. No, it's, it's a done deal. <laughs> and they, and they, they already know ahead of time that yeah. we're going to let this person go, but yeah. we're still going to get everything out of them that we can. Yeah. But, you know, piggy, piggyback into Nips, Nipsey and about ownership I think Nipsey is worth more dead than he is alive. I think his his uh he's become more legendary. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason I think for ownership. Same thing with Walt Disney, you know? It's like for me, my ownership is not just for me, it's for my lineage. Mm-hmm. It's for the people who aspire to be like me. Right. And so if I can show them, you know, that that you know, if I could just show them that and just get that in their mindset, own something, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Own your gift because your gift was given to you. Don't sell it for the fast dollar, dollar, dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, as long as you have the gift, you can create money. Absolutely. And, I, and we're, we're gonna get. We're absolutely right, gonna right. get to your story. <laughs> okay. But something else that um about Nipsey. I know it's not a, this story, but I always just have to appreciate what everything he's done and the groundwork he's laid. But if you go back and look at a lot of his content. Mm-hmm. And people ask him what he want to do with his money and stuff. He'll say invest in real estate and, mm-hmm. and own ownership. He said, I'm all about ownership. And what kind of gave me chills that I thought about the other day when I was telling Calvin, like he dropped, he officially dropped his first um, debut album last year, even though he's been making music. Right. But the title of his album is Victory Lap. Wow. So it's kind of like, in a sense, it was kind of like his, his send off already. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's what kind of gave wow. me chills when I sat back and thought about it. Which, yeah, his 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 it was his first debut album, and unfortunately, it's his last album. But it's called Victory Lap, so it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like on, it was man. like his his send off, yeah. and it was just like man, you somebody like that, you really have to appreciate them, and uh, because when they're gone, then it's, it's all you have is their artistry. Absolutely, that's it. Um, but let's let's get get to your story a little bit. So how how long have you actually been writing plays? Man, I actually started writing plays. I think like in two thousand one. And I started because I was um, going through a divorce. And so for me, that was a way for me to just get some things out on paper. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to writing plays, I had done a lot of short stories, which I thought sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never really thought any of my writing was any good. So just going through that divorce, the hardship, um, that's what prompted me to just want to do a stage play. So everything from your in your plays, they do they come from personal experience or these are just stories that you kind of like made up? Personally, I think that every writer puts, they draw a personal experience in their writing. Mm -hmm. That's my feeling. I do. Um, A lot of the stuff is made up, but it doesn't matter what I do. It's always going to have some personal experience. Now I might, you know, stretch it a little bit, you know, or bend Mm -hmm. it, but it still has a little bit of me in it and the experiences that I've been through. How many plays would you say you've written so far? Um, I have about 10, 11 plays right now and three screenplays. Wow. That's a yeah. that's a, a lot of work. I, you know, it's, to be honest with you, I feel like I'm behind the power curve. I need to get going. I mm-hmm. need to write more and do more. But um, one of the biggest things with me is we actually 
don't just write, we're producing our work. So a lot of people just write a bunch of plays and do nothing with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I need the world to see what we're doing, even if it doesn't go mainstream right now. Again, it'll be there for my my legacy, my lineage. Mm -hmm. They'll have the rights to go ahead and put it out there. So going going through that uh, process, how long does it actually take you to to like write one and then actually kind of produce it? Uh, writing one, it just depends, man. When it's flowing, when when God is downloading it, there's been times when I've written a play in like 36 hours. Wow. Um, then there's been times where it takes me months. I'll get like five pages here. A month will go by. Ten pages here. Mm-hmm. You know, some more months will go by. So it really just depends. I've done it in anywhere between 36 hours to like uh, four months to write a stage and, play. And you do all this by yourself or do you have help with... Um people giving you different ideas of how you want to um, I really play? don't I really don't take people's ideas I write everything myself and I do have a producing partner Maurice Perkins and he's got this great eye with assembling uh everything and he's our director and what I do is I'll write the play and I'll give it to him and I'm like yo look it over tell me what it's missing and whatnot because I do believe as a writer you do need somebody or a group of people to look over it and fill in the blanks for you and um he's really good with saying and it's so funny it's frustrating, but it's funny. He'll look at it and he's like, it's missing something. And I'm like, what? dude, but, 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 what is that something? He's like, I don't know. You'll figure it out. You're a phenomenal writer. Or, you know, and then and he does that most times. Mm-hmm. And then other times he'll be like, um, we need more of an attention gainer or closing this gap. But um, that's how he serves. But for the most part, um, the story is just coming from me and through me and um, I just let it go. And what about the cast? With the casting call, is it pretty much you just something you announce, or is it people you may know that they kind both. of do some acting? Or yeah, it's both. It's 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 so funny when we first started out, it was just family that I had acting mm-hmm. in it because uh, it's kind of hard. Again, we're in a rural area to get people, so it was a lot of family. And then the one, the great thing about it is when you're doing something excellent, Oprah says excellence does not go unnoticed for long. Um, people start to notice and want to be a part of it. And so um, I started having people come up, I want to be in your show. And I'm like, don't just work like that. (laughs) You got to audition. You got to audition, right? So um, we started doing auditions. And then from the auditions, I would see people and I'm like, okay, we would use them. And in my mind, my my mental Rolodex, I'm like, okay, I'm writing a new show. Um, This person would still be good for this new show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other way I do it is if I'm in a um, restaurant, or if I'm somewhere and I see somebody and I like their face or I like their voice or I like their mannerisms, I'm like, have you ever acted? And most times it's no, I haven't. And I'm like, are you interested? Well, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, good. Cause I can cultivate talent. All right. You know, so this is like, do you want to do it? If you do, then we can do it. Do you prefer to be uh, behind the scenes or do you kind of like to be in front of the camera? Which one would you? It's so crazy. Um, <laughs> I like both. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I initially started, it was all about in front of the camera. Now I love writing and cultivating the talent before we do the production. But here's one of the things I I do because I'm all about branding is, and I love acting because that's my first love. That's what I've always wanted to do is with all my shows, I write a little piece for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always open all my shows myself. We don't do a lot of singing and all that. We don't, because we actually do a production where we want you to focus on the stage play. But I do come out before the shows and um, I welcome everybody and I give them the rules and everything. And what that does is that lets people know the face behind the brand. It also makes them feel warm and fuzzy and also get an opportunity to thank everybody for coming out to be with us. Mm-hmm. I saw um, online, uh, you actually, you guys actually did the, the Rise Up play. That mm-hmm. was recently in North Carolina. Yeah, Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. How, how do you go about finding your locations for like your plays? Uh, well, with Wilmington, North Carolina, we actually had a team that brought us out Better as Possible, um, CDC, and the Black Arts Alliance. Um, they have been down to our shows here in King Street. Believe it or not, we actually do shows here in okay. King Street at a 400-seat auditorium. Um, and they enjoyed the show. And so they were like, we got to get you back to Wilmington. And I was like, oh, okay. So um, they picked out the auditorium. And the funny thing about that auditorium is when I was a loan officer, not working in my gift, I remember driving by that auditorium in Wilmington, North Carolina and saying, one day I'm going to do shows in there. Mm-hmm. 18 years later, it manifested. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So they actually picked up the theater. What I like to do is, you know, look at the uh, stats to make sure it's going to accommodate us. The stage is long enough, big enough. The sound system is adequate. The lighting is adequate because a lot of people think that they can just throw you into an auditorium and you mm -hmm. should be good to go. And I'm like, we don't work like that. Um, other things I do is I look online and I'm researching venues like we were in um, Sumter, South Carolina, at the Patriot Hall. Beautiful facility. Mm -hmm. So we did that. And um, we are looking to go to Atlanta. And so I reach out to friends in those areas and I'm like, can you recommend some theaters okay. and whatnot? So that's how we find. How, how often do you, um, sorry to cut you off, mm -hmm. do you guys uh, actually do your plays? Is it like once every few months or how often? Well, this year we're about to do our fourth play and we're only in, um, we've done three already and we're only in July. And I don't actually have a, a, an auditorium myself. So um, actually the funny thing is I work from home. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I work from home and um, when I do casting calls, I'm either renting facilities or I'm partnering with other businesses um, and we're holding our casting calls there or either I'm doing it online virtually mm -hmm. and we go from there. So this year we will have at least four or five plays completed before December 31st, 2019. And that is a big stretch considering I don't have uh, my own facility Um Talent is not abundant like it is in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, musicians, you know, they come and they go or else they, they have so many gigs. So it's a lot on Maurice and myself, but we love it. And um, it is what we do. Like just this year, we got contracted by one of the schools here to do a drama program. And at the end of that drama program, we actually did a play on bullying. So um it is what it is. I love it. I wrote it on my vision board and it's happening. Right. You spoke it into existence. Yeah. But yeah. I, and I know earlier you said something, you you kind of went through a divorce. But what was it that made you feel like you wanted to go the entrepreneurial route? Um, honestly, I've always felt that way. Mm -hmm. The funny thing about it growing up, um, in order to get money here, we had to work in a cucumber field. We had to pick beans or we had to work in the tobacco field. And I've always, and it's so funny, I've always been one of those persons who loves entertainment. So very artistic and creative, but I've always loved math and money. And typically, mm -hmm. they don't usually go, don't go together. Right. Um, and so for me, uh, I'm sorry, you're questioning again. I just got I got in the cucumber field. I just had a vision. Oh, I was just saying, <laughs> what made you want to go the, the uh, that's fine, the entrepreneur route. Mm -hmm. So I learned early on in the cucumber field, I love making my own money. You know, even though I was working in somebody's field, the amount of money I made was dependent upon the work that I produced. So we were getting paid like 50 cents a bucket for cucumbers. So if I could fill up more buckets, I can make more money. Um, I also love being able to control my own destiny because um, I'm naturally a leader. And I feel like sometimes when you're working with other people, there's only so far you can go. Mm -hmm. They tell you when you can get promoted. Mm -hmm. You know, they tell you when you should get a raise. They tell mm -hmm. you when you can get off. You got to ask, yes. you know, can I be with my my children and mm -hmm. can I go to their programs? And I, I didn't like that. And I just felt like I felt being, I was being controlled. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I can't handle following people because I was a Marine for almost nine years. So I'm good with that. But I also know that my gifting is not tied to a job. It's mm -hmm. tied to mm -hmm. being creative and owning my own thing and being an entrepreneur and inspiring other people to do that same thing. That's, and that's what I was saying all the time, too, is now it's kind of kind of waking up. It's just like I, I don't like it, it rubs me the wrong way sometimes when it's I want to be clear that it's nothing wrong with having a job. Nothing wrong with it. You need a job and provide and take care mm -hmm. of your family. But it's something about it just kind of. Wrote me the wrong way at times when you you have, you work so hard and then you have to ask, hey, can I be off yes. this time? It's like, man, and then sometimes it, it gets denied and you're like, man, I I do this, this, and this for this place, but I'm asking for this one time that I need to be off and I can't get it. And it, what else I hated is that I was doing a job of three and four people, but I was getting this one pay and you got this lazy bum over here. And they're not mm -hmm. doing nothing, and they still making more still money than making me. More money, yep. No, it's no. Ghetto. And then I look at it, um, like I was saying, sometimes at a job you can only, they may only give you like two weeks worth of vacation. That's it. It's fifty-two weeks in the year. That's right. So you mean to tell me I'm only worth two weeks of vacation, and the rest of the time I have to work? I'm like, yeah. is that even a fair trade that exactly. I have to come in here and do all these hours day after day after day, but I'm only getting just this little bit of time? to do what I want to spill my family yep. and do the things I want to do. 
and then for the rest of the year, I got to be back in here. So exactly. I'm just like, it's just not like a fair trade. It's not. It's not. And like I said, I don't knock jobs. Me either. I don't. Um, I work quite a few, but it's not for me. And and I and I and to be clear, I still have a job right now, but I'm I'm still in the process, you know, kind of trying to break away from that gotcha. job because, like, you know, I said I was working two jobs and I fell into a cycle of just day and night, just over and over and over. Yeah. And the only thing I was doing was just paying bills. Ooh. And that was pretty much it. So That's it, depressing, man. Yeah. So you just, it's just like you constantly just working to, to pay bills. And it's like, in a sense, you're kind of like a slave to a dollar. Where you just kind of like, man, well, I know I got to go in. Like I have to because I got this and this and this to pay off. But then when you look back, it's like you miss some of the most precious times. Like I actually missed when my baby girl um, started uh, preschool this, wow. this past school year. I wasn't even there to take it because I had to go to work. Wow. So it's like some of those times that you don't get those times don't back. Get them back. So it's just like I, you have to kind of value your time because your time is worth more than the money at the end of the day. But I will say if you're doing what you love doing and you work work somewhere, then it's, it's nothing wrong. It's with nothing it. wrong but with if it. you're just working to pick up a paycheck, that's why I named my company more, more than, than a job. job. Because if you're working just to pick up a paycheck, then that's a sad you, existence. Yeah. And you're just selling yourself short and you're going to be yeah. miserable and you're going to hate what you're doing. Yep. And then that's why that's why I really want to cut back from going to uh, fast food rest restaurants because you're like, I can only imagine my job that I don't really care for. So imagine people <laughs> who work at restaurants. Do you think they're really going to take care of their food when they're <laughs> oh serving? So so that's why I'm kind of like. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, because I'm like, if I'm making more than them and doing and I don't like what I'm doing still. Can you imagine people who may not yeah. be making the most money? That's true. With how they're treating the food and handling stuff. So Yeah, that's true. And I, and I agree with that because a lot of people don't have the same work ethics, morals, and principles that we grew up with. Because even though I, I never liked my jobs, mm -hmm. I still performed them you know, Absolutely. at a top-notch level. Because mm -hmm. at the same time, it was still a blessing to have it because it was paying the bills. Mm -hmm. you know. And number two, if I didn't want to be here and perform at the right level, then I need to exit. Stage Absolutely. left. So what, what would you say was like your your absolute breaking point where you may have felt like you were like rock bottom and say, okay, now I know mm -hmm. that I have to, to write plays? Um, well, definitely my divorce. That was um that was one of them. And then the second one was um I had a bunch of real estate properties. So I know that real estate is the way to go. However, I didn't have a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um so I was spending money like crazy, like a lot of these young people you see just buying toys. And um, I actually ended up having to file bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I just can't do this. I can't have all this talent inside of me and know that I'm supposed to be doing something else. I was fortunate at the age of five to always know what I was supposed to do. And so I'm just like, there's no, oh, I need to find my purpose. I don't know what it is. I've known. So I was just like, I can't let fear control my life anymore. I'm like, I'm at the freaking bottom. Then mm -hmm. I'm pulling my vehicles out of my yard. Mm -hmm. And I'm foreclosed on all my rental state, uh, real estate properties and I'm foreclosed on my house. What else is there for me to do except try to live my dreams? And so that's what it was for me. I found myself on the floor one night crying, snot coming all down my nose, pissed off um, at the creator. And I'm like, why would you give me these gifts if I can't use them? And I just remember, I'll never forget. The thought came to my mind was I gave you the gifts. It's up to you to use them. Mm. And so from that point on, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do like Grant Cardone. I'm going to 10X this thing. I'm yeah, about to absolutely. go hard for mine. I'm about to, people say go broke. I said, go broke for mine. I said, no, I'm going rich for mine. Yeah, I'm absolutely. about to go get this thing. How, how, how did it affect you like mentally, like everything that you went through? Mm -hmm. how, how did it affect your mindset? I mean, I was broken. Let's, let's be real about it. I was broken, but I think that sometimes you got to be broken in order to get put back together mm -hmm. again to do things that that you were born and gifted to do. And so I was broken and mentally, I mean, it was hard. There were times I didn't have $5 in my pocket, but I would get up on Facebook, keep doing my videos and saying, follow your dreams, stay motivated. And, and, and then I started listening to like Les Brown. And I'm like, um, you know, the number one, arguably the number one mm -hmm. speaker mm -hmm. in the world uh, by a lot deemed that by a lot of people, Les Brown was saying how he had an office. He was standing up speaking to 80,000 people, but he was sleeping on the floor of his office. And so I was like, well, God, if he got to go through that process, what makes me any different? Mm -hmm. You know, but I was broken and um, I, I had to constantly fill my ears, my mind 
with motivational things, videos, books, mm -hmm. people. And I just had to keep reminding myself, okay, you had all the money. You weren't happy. Mm -hmm. Now the money's gone. Now all the, the, the tangible materialistic things are gone. Now what you're left with is what you were born with. So I just had to keep constantly giving myself pep talks and saying, you're built for this. That's why I wear it on my shirt, man. You're built for, this. for this. It's not egotistical. It's to remind me that I'm built to do what I was created to do. And I'm hoping it inspires people to do that. Absolutely. I had uh, a motivational speaker, Mr. William Hollis, on down in Atlanta. And he was kind of going through some of the same situations. Where mm -hmm. he was, It was a point where he was actually thinking about taking his own life. Yeah. And he went in to speak to some kids. And uh, he said he got back out and they... He left the school and they called him and said, how much do you charge to speak? Mm -hmm. And he said ever since then, um, he's just been hitting the ground running, just traveling all over the world speaking. But I asked him, like, uh, what, 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 how did you keep your spirit up? Like, what kept you motivated? He was just like, man, I just, he said, I just come from nothing. Yeah. So he said, anything else is just, just beautiful. Just to just be, still be alive and to yes. just even be able to speak. He was like, man, I, I come from nothing. So just. Just to still be here, it's like it's just a blessing. It so is. he said now he doesn't take any of that stuff for granted right. because he just, at any given moment, it could just be taken away. You know, not to sound cliche-ish, but really, it's just a shift in thinking. People are like, it can't happen that quickly. Yes, it can. Oh, yeah. The same way you decide, I'm going to go to work today, I'm not going to go to work today. It's, 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 like it's a shift in thinking, and then it's followed by action. And so for me, I was just like, okay, this level of thinking, being depressed and sad and feeling pitiful is not working for me. Mm -hmm. So let me just shift and follow these people who are motivated, follow these people who uh, started from the bottom, and mm -hmm. but they're grinding and they're, they're in a position where they want to be. And so for me, it was just like, okay, change my thinking and then follow by action. And like Zig Ziglar said, you know, motivation is just like bathing. It's something mm -hmm. you got to do every freaking every day, day, retraining your brain. You got to do it every freaking day. Mm -hmm. And and I look at stuff like that. Now, ever since I'm kind of like going the entrepreneur route, mm -hmm. I love to like look at what other entrepreneurs are doing. And I, I just pretty much like I just changed my mindset. I, mm -hmm. I look at what they're doing. I try to read some of the books that, that yeah. they're reading, keep myself motivated. And, and I look at stuff like stuff that you're doing and mm -hmm. other people who... Who, who are just trying to like just pound the pavement and show people another way. So, so that's, that's kind of like what I do to kind of like stay focused. Yeah. But what would you say, what else keeps you motivated on a daily basis? Um, doing what I, and it, I'm telling you, it just seems so simple, but for real, I'm literally doing what I love. I get to wake up in the morning. I can do videos to motivate and inspire people. Mm -hmm. I get to go and speak to kids. I get to write shows that, that I actually co-produce and co-direct and see them mounted, you know, see four or mm -hmm. five, 600 people in the audience. That's amazing to me. I get to see my videos go viral. I get to have people ask to interview me like you're Absolutely. doing. Mm -hmm. I get to go into schools and speak to more kids. And that's motivating to me because now I feel like, okay, I'm doing what I was created to do. Mm -hmm. um, every day I wake up now, I'm freaking thankful. And there used to be a time when I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, I woke up again. Why am I still here? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm no. like, I'm no longer there. Now, every day is not peachy and sunny, but I'm thankful because I remember where I was. I was in despair. And so, like, every day I have an opportunity to be one step closer to a new goal that I create for myself. Yeah. And that is just motivating to me. And then having people reach out to me every day and say, yo, you inspired me to start my business. Mm -hmm. or You inspired me to step out, of, step out of fear and into faith and create something. That gets me going. And even in the days when I'm like, man, I'm not as far as where I want to be. It's amazing to me how somebody will hit me up on social media and be like, yo, keep doing what you're doing. I need this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I, I, get, I get some of those messages, too. Where, mm -hmm. and, and I appreciate it because I have some people telling me that I don't even know that watches some of my content. Like, exactly. Man, he's like, man, I, I like what you're doing. Just keep on working, man. Keep working hard. And I'm like, man, I, I didn't even know you paid, paid Pay attention, attention to it. So it's like people are actually watching this stuff, even though they might not say anything or exactly. come out publicly and say anything, like, people really appreciate this kind of stuff. Even with Calvin, we were talking one day, he was like, you know what, man, ever since you started your podcast, now I'm seeing other people doing podcasts <laughs> and different stuff you like that. Viral, man. Exactly. You. And I'm not even, I don't want to take credit because I know I'm not the first person to even make a podcast, but I just wanted to do something where, you know, I've, I've heard so, know so many times that it was just like me just showing people like, look, no matter how many times you hear no, all it takes is one yes. But at the same time, That's you can it. still create your own opportunity. So when they say no, then you have something to where 
you showing people like, look, if I can do it, you, you can, can do, do it. it. Create your own, and you can own it at the same time. Exactly. So you don't have to ask anybody else for handouts. But exactly. but I really appreciate those kind of comments when people say stuff like, yo, man, you really uh, inspire me. Yep. I appreciate what you're doing. I like yep. what you're doing. Keep grinding and stuff like they that. They don't even realize it. And I tell them, I'm like, yo, this right here is priceless to me. Because mm-hmm. this, it, it's typically is at a moment where I'm just like, man, I need to be doing something else. Or mm-hmm. I need to be further. And then those comments come in and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and sometimes good. I have like moments where I'm like, man, what am I, what am I doing? But then yeah. that stuff makes me feel better. Like, yo, I got, I got to keep going. Right. Cause you're like, man, is this, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Because yo, I see myself over there, but I'm right here. Absolutely. But what people don't understand is in order to get over there, you got to start from mm-hmm. here to, to get there. And I just feel like I owe it to myself and, and to my family because yeah. I was like, I, I wanted to kind of break the cycle of, you know, you go to school, mm-hmm. um, get a good education, and then you go to work, go get a job or something. Right. It's like, I, I wanted to be able to break that cycle of saying, like, this is what we have to do. Like, I want to be able to show my kids, you know, at the end of the day, you can, it, it's okay to, to own your own business yeah. and then have something to pass down to them yeah. and show them, like, if you want to go to college, it's fine. If you don't, it's fine. But you can still create your own opportunity, have your yeah. own business at the end of the day and not be in debt for the rest of your life. It's so funny that you say that because my kids, um, they were younger. I have three kids, 25-year-old, 22-year-old, and 10-year-old. And the older two, they were younger when I was going through all that financial turmoil. And But they knew that mom was in pursuit of her dreams. And so, I, and that's another reason why I couldn't give up because if I gave up, I would have showed them that everything that I sacrificed was all in vain mm-hmm. and so now when i have my older kids saying to me mom i'm so proud of you you know you made the steve harvey show i'm so proud of you you got to you, you had a dream to speak on the same stage as les brown and mm-hmm. you did it it shows them that even though it may look like a pipe dream even though you may not make the money or achieve the goals that you want in the beginning if you keep grinding if you keep believing and visualizing and putting in the work it's going to pay off absolutely so. And who who would you say were your mentors like through your whole entire process? Uh, definitely and, my parents. Uh, okay, your parents. parents. I, I wanted I meant to ask you something else before that. Okay, you say okay. your, your children growing mm-hmm. up, like how how do you feel like that affected them? You know, seeing everything that you, that you went through. I think it lets them know that um, there is no sense of entitlement here. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Anything that we want, we got to go for. Whether you work, I love what Reverend Ike says. Reverend Ike says, "Work your mind, then you're behind." Mm-hmm. So I, I think it shows my kids that mentally you have to shift and you have to work your mind to get what you want. And then you got to get in position and work your body, man, because mm-hmm. the mind is going to tell the body what to do. You control that. Um, I think it's showing them that there's no entitlement here. Um, be thankful and understand that there are going to be highs and lows. Even the most successful people still have highs and lows. Like when Oprah started the own network. She wasn't getting the viewership that she wanted. You know, she wasn't getting the quality shows that she wanted. But now look at OWN. I mean, you know, it's got some great stuff on there. So I'm hoping that what I'm teaching my kids is that purpose and passion is worth more than money. Purpose and passion is worth you pushing through to live your dreams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something else. I'm going to tie that into social media. It's like because mm-hmm. if you look at social media, it was like everybody's winning. Everybody has oh, all this money, but sucks. <laughs> but behind closed doors, if you look at it, man, some of these people are just broken. struggling. Yeah, they they struggling. They're broken. They're not just struggling financially. We're talking about emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, and and that's one of the things I'm very transparent. Um, I share. I have no problem with telling people I filed bankruptcy. I have no problem with telling people I had repos and foreclosures. I have no problem with telling people I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I had suicidal thoughts. Um. And I have no problem with telling people, even to this day, I just submitted to a writing contest. Oh, they told me no. I don't just want to show you when they say yes. Mm-hmm. I want to show you when they say no, because I still get told no a lot, mm-hmm. you know. But then when the yeses come, they outweigh all the no's. Mm-hmm. So and I hate that aspect about people on social media not being transparent or trying to pretend like they're winning all the time. Nobody, absolutely nobody wins all the time. Absolutely. Because like you said, they, they always, somebody's always on vacation and mm-hmm. and they, they might have won something and not, had these nice pictures and everything, mm-hmm. but it's, it's nothing like that. And like you said, like you heard, you kept hearing though, like I can't even tell you how many emails I have when I <laughs> from so many no's that I had. It's just it like, it's crazy. Yeah. And a lot Next. of it, I just feel like, you know what? 
these people don't even know me anyway. They, they don't know me from a can of paint. So, of course, they're going to say no. They, right. they haven't even sat down and talked to me face-to-face right. or anything. That's another reason I like doing interviews face-to-face because you can actually build with people. Feel. But I'm like, you, you do, when you're doing applications, like they don't, they don't really know. know. Exactly. Well, it's just also, and it's funny that you said that, that bounces back to uh, creating and owning your own thing. So, like, there's some scripts that I've submitted and people couldn't really understand the premise. They couldn't really understand the structure of what was going on. Whereas a different group of people were like, we love it, we love it. And so for me, I was like, you know what? I just need to create my own stuff because then mm-hmm. I can create it in the idea that I have in my head and they'll be able to grasp it. Because I'm sure if uh, Quentin Tarantino had not created his own stuff and he submitted his stuff to Hollywood, they would probably be like, this joker is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because his films are different. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And people will probably think, no, 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 this dude's crazy. But he created his own stuff. And then everybody jumped on the bandwagon mm-hmm. and they're like, we love it. And the thing so. is, everybody's not going to like what you're doing anyway. No, they're not. So you, you, just, you, you just have to be yourself. And one of the artists I um, um had on, um, he, he dropped a, a great uh, EP earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Beautiful Nightmares. And he was saying, I like that um, title. he was telling me, oh, it's phenomenal. I, I, I love, it's one of my favorite projects from this year. And he mm-hmm. was saying, you know, when he sent it to me early and I listened to it, I was like, man, I, I really like this. He's like, man, thank you, man. Because I was, he was like, I really appreciate it. Because he's like, I was just... He said, "I know it's different, but mm-hmm. I'm just being myself." That's and it. I and I think that's that's what it is. That's like it. you just have to be yourself at that's the end it. of the day. So and you got to be okay with people saying no because everybody's not going to like all your content. Yep. Everybody might not like the Cross the Line podcast, which is fine, but it's still something that that I enjoy doing. And I'm just being myself, and I'm and I love you sitting your own down. Audience. Absolutely, and I love to to learn from other entrepreneurs such, right. such as yourself. So I really appreciate this kind of stuff that like you're doing today, but um. What would you say is for you is the hardest part of being about being an entrepreneur? Um, the hardest part, I think, for me is location here because sometimes I feel like I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like sometimes um, I want to tap into, you know, I wish I could sit at the feet of other people, the greats, you know, mm-hmm. and other than having access to their videos or their training courses, um, I can't go to lunch with them or do, right. you know, an interview with them one-on-one. Like you said, relationships are so important. I, mm-hmm. I just feel like being in, I, one of my favorite saying is get in the room. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say get in the room, it's different than being on the phone or yeah, email. Absolutely. There's something about that vibe and that energy of being yep. in the room. So I feel like one of the hardest things for me is sometimes I feel uh, like I'm doing it solo, like I'm lonely. Um, like there's really no blueprint, you know, because when you look at the greats who've done stage plays, Tyler Perry and David E. Talbert, there's really no blueprint, mm-hmm. you know, when you, and I, and I know, you know, they're pre social media and all that, but when you go on YouTube and you look, you know, you just want to get inspiration to see how they started. The most you find out about Tyler Perry is that he lived in a car he was evicted. Mm-hmm. He did this play over and over and then boom, voila. Right. But we know it's more to that, Absolutely. you know? So I, I sometimes wish I could just sit at the feet of the greats that like they would just do more to bring in young people. Now, one of the things I do love about David Talbert is he does travel the country and do workshops. And so you have an opportunity to be right there with him to learn different things and to ask questions. But, um, yeah, I'll say to anybody who is pursuing a dream and there's somebody within your community um, that you can latch on. Intern, man, stop trying to get Absolutely. money. Stop trying, because I'm gonna tell you right now. If David E. Talbert or Tyler Perry said to me, "Sue, I need you to come work for me for a year for free," I'm there. Absolutely, I am freaking there, mm-hmm. um, because you can't put a price tag on what I'm gonna learn from these gentlemen. You know, Absolutely. just being in their presence and in their company. Yeah, opportunity is worth more than a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I was in college, my like I was saying, my my senior year, when I finally figured out what I wanted to do. And I had I had two internships. Um, one lady, her husband was over security for the Panthers, so. They got me a gig, like just uh, at the at the stadium, just like helping people mm-hmm. find the seats in the stadium. And then another one that I had, um, I went, I did, I covered the Hornets, I covered the Panthers. So mm-hmm. I had, I actually had a chance to like the guys that I grew up watching on TV. I was actually in front of them, wow. like doing interviews and, wow. and all that kind of stuff. So, and I wasn't getting paid, but I, I didn't care about but it. Was I, just, it's that exposure, that experience, man. And it's like, man, you. As a, a 22-year-old kid, it was like, do you know how that feels like guys that you're watching, grew up watching on TV? Yes. And now you're actually just sitting in front of them. Yes. And just uh it's priceless. Priceless. Like, yeah, I, and so I was I was like, man, I didn't even 
worry about the money. I didn't care about it because I enjoyed doing it. Mm -hmm. So that that will definitely be something I tell kids as well. Like you get a chance to internship, do it. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about the money. The Mm -hmm. money will come. It'll come. But you just have to, if doing something you love, then you really won't won't care about that stuff anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What's some of the best advice that you've received? Uh, some of the best advice that I have received is, um, don't be afraid, do it, do it, do it scared. Mm-hmm. Um, if you believe in yourself, that's the majority. Um, what else? What's some good stuff? I oh, I often quote this and I don't know who's the guy that says it, but, um, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly at first. Mm. And that says to me, and this is my own translation is that. If it's something that you want to do, get out and do it. You may not have all the knowledge or the resources, but get out and do it. And then, you know, as you progress, get better because there's no substitute for excellence. Um, Another thing I love, I think Calvin Coolidge said, um, uh, the world consists of a bunch of talented people, but uh, because they lack persistence, the average person will pass them up. And I'm screwing up that quote, but basically he's saying that we have some talented and gifted people in the world, mm-hmm. but the average talented and gifted person, right? They won't pursue their gift. They won't put the time into their craft. Hence the reason why we see shows and we see singers on shows and we're like, how in the heck did they make it to that show? Or, you know, he's not the best uh, defensive linebacker or, you know, she's not the best actor, but there's something about their skill, their, their, their work ethic that got them mm-hmm. to where they are. So I always try to tell people just because you have the most talent, that doesn't mean that you're going to go as far as somebody whose talent is a little bit, um, and, you know, it, less and it's crazy because it, this, what you were just saying actually made me think about Nipsey again, because he, <clears throat> it was a clip that it was on in online mm-hmm. and he said, you know what? I was never the, the smartest person. He's yep. like, I just didn't quit. That's he it. said, I just kept on going. And then, you know, the name of his uh, clothing store was the Marathon. Right. So it's just like, the marathon. yeah. So it's like, you just can't quit. You have you have to keep on going. And like when, when I started this, I actually remember I graduated and me and my friends, we were supposed to do this whole podcast together. It was going to be a sports podcast, mm-hmm. but work schedules got changed and everything. So I kind of had to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing the first, um, cause I, I looked back at it the other day and, um, actually recorded like two or three of these by myself. It's oh, wow. just talking sports. And I sounded terrible. <laughs> I, I was like, man, this is, this is horrible. I did it by myself. And this was probably three, this was probably about four or five years ago. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I was right. just kind of like freestyling and just talking to myself. And um, so I went back and looked at it the other day, and on my uh, <laughs> iTunes, I have like uh, 45 uh, podcasts on there now. Uh-huh. And some of them were just me by myself. But I was like, man, I just look at the growth, yeah. like where I came from. Like, And I didn't have all this stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Um, the cameras, it was just something I had home. I just, this was the sign back here. We just, yeah. I just had this maybe like a month or two ago. So right. I'm just kind of like working on my craft and just still adding couple of things here and there along the way and i'm still not perfect but i'm still you know going through the marathon and and anything worth doing is worth doing poorly at first absolutely and then uh and it's so funny the marathon made me think about les brown as you were saying that les brown said there's something funny about life uh if you keep standing up to life right it might beat you down beat you down beat you down but if you keep getting up eventually life is going to let you win Mm-hmm. So that just goes right back to don't quit. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's uh, one of my favorite sayings that I created was don't quit. Follow your dreams mm-hmm. to success. That's Brian. Actually, he had another saying I, I heard on. Uh, it ain't over till I win. Oh, it was a uh, um, it was what his teacher told him. He because because kids would tease him and say that he's dumb because he had a mm-hmm. brother. And it was like he he's the dumb brother. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he told the teacher told him, he said, don't let someone's. Uh, perception of you become your reality so it's like you can't worry about what other people are saying but you you just have to keep going and and don't give up my thing is create your create your reality make them buy into it that's what brands do Mm -hmm. if you really think about it (laughs) big brands make you buy into their reality with nike just do it that's all we think just do it nike says just do it we gotta just do it and then they'll take (laughs) they'll take an athlete that people idolize yeah and put them in it 
Right. And then that's it. It just that's it. We 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 buy into it. Mm -hmm. Buy into everything. I want everybody to buy into everything Sue Ham because it's all about inspiration, absolutely. living your dreams. You know. Mm -hmm. So got, like you, more than just a job, more, more than, than a job. Absolutely, so. we got to support our own people. And, yeah. and while we're talking about businesses, I definitely have to um, bring this up because I saw that you had posted this, and I love it. you said black owned doesn't mean cheaper or free. Oh my god. Go ahead and talk about it. Listen, listen, baby. <laughs> it's just like, well, first of all, I don't know how it is in upstate South Carolina for you guys, but around here, a lot of times people think that if it's black owned, it, it lacks excellence. It's subpar. Mm. So therefore, that means we can ask for a discount. Or or it could be you're black, I'm black. So come on, let's let's help let's, me out. Help me out, brother. Yeah. Help me out, sister. Mm -hmm. But my thing is, no, listen, I'm a business just like anybody else. You are not going to any other entertainment company and asking for a discount. Absolutely. If, you know, if anything, and this and this is listen, I don't have a racist bone in my body, but let's just be real. If anything, black entrepreneurs have it really, really hard to go in and get loans from a bank. You can get a student loan with no, no problem. problem. I know. Yes. Trust me, I know. You can get a credit card while you're in college with no mm -hmm. problem. Yep. But you go and you try to get a loan to start your business and it is a problem. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, and even with, with my friends who are black business owners, you know, uh, they're like, so you can get it free. It's a nope. I want to sow into you because I believe that when I sow into you, I'm actually sowing into myself. I'm helping mm -hmm. myself because I want your business to thrive because I need it here. I need other little kids in third and fourth grade seeing you here. But no, it doesn't mean that you get a discount, man. If anything, tip. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Tip because it's, it's extremely hard being a black business owner um, because it, Let's just the odds are stacked against us. It is, and, and so so when you come in and you see a nice clean establishment or you see a nice clean show that is produced well, the sound is excellent, the actors are on point, the lighting is on point, the storyline meshes well. Why should you come to me if I'm only charging twenty dollars, which is really, by the way, is highway robbery? Uh, I should be charging more. Uh, if I'm only charging twenty dollars and asking me for discount tickets. It's crazy. It, it costs thousands of dollars to produce the type of quality shows that we do. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hate it. And I think also when you set your price, you set the tone because everybody can't get a um, Louis Vuitton bag. Everybody can't get a Rolex. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So when you start discounting your prices, it's almost like saying uh, this is the flea market now. Everybody's allowed in. Mm -hmm. You see? And I just think people should respect people's prices and their businesses. But it doesn't, for some reason, I don't know why, like you said, with our communities, a lot of times we don't do that. Even for me, yeah. I actually, when I first got my first couple of t-shirts made with my logo on it, I mm -hmm. went to a guy that I interviewed, Devin, uh, who's Devin's, I forgot Devin's last name, that, that fast, um, Devin Hawkins. Mm -hmm. And um, he, um, he, pretty much, he had to start his own clothing company. And when he, he lets people, like, has a hard time getting jobs, they'll come work for them and he'll teach them, like, screen printing oh, and, nice. and different things like that. But, um, he actually made my T-shirts. I went through him, and then also um, he made my business cards as well. Mm -hmm. Now I, I could have went through somebody else to right. to kind of get that stuff, but I, you know I actually went back through him just to support him and like exactly. show him I appreciate him and I want him to keep his business up. So sometimes, even if you have to pay a little bit more, if it's right. supporting our own people, right. I, I feel like we still need to do we need do more to do that. that. I know I can. A lot of times I know I can get stuff a little cheaper, but. Again, I want this business to stay in the community. Absolutely. Or stay online, you mm -hmm. know, so therefore I'm shopping with you. And it's like, um, I love what Master P is doing with them. I, I haven't seen the movie. Hook up too? I got to hook up too. It's, it's, it's black owned. I, even though I haven't heard the best reviews about it, right? I'm still, it's like, still somebody, he owns one of it. our own people, he owns it and he's creating content and giving other our own people other opportunities to, to um shine and, and pay them so it's like why why not support something why not like when our people are doing it yeah that's a mindset we got to work on really really hard mm -hmm. really yeah hard. So, something else you say um let your faith be bigger than your fear how, how has faith been along your journey um my faith has definitely increased i think that anytime anybody is doing something your faith will increase the the bigger the goal and you accomplish it the bigger your faith Mm -hmm. um, that that's that's as far as I'm concerned that that's how it works. 
Um, like for me, stepping out and doing a show, even though I was brought into Wilmington, it was just the fact that I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm no longer in King Street, South Carolina. You know, I felt like Dorothy. I'm no longer in um, Kansas. Um, and to be able to step out and still be able to take our great actors, our set designer, our directors, our sound guys, and still be able to produce a great show, that gave me the faith to say, okay, I want to go to Atlanta. You right. know, and I don't know if I would have had that faith had I not done that show and it succeeded. So um, faith plays a big part in everything I do, and my faith grows with everything that I do. What do you think keeps people from chasing their dreams? Fear. Fear. Fear and um, just excuses, laziness. Let's just put it out there. Procrastination. Mm -hmm. And I think all that ties back to fear because I think a lot of times we're lazy because we're afraid to get up and do something. We're afraid that, oh, man, it's not even going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fall flat on my face. People going to laugh at me. Mm -hmm. But I think fear is the root of everything um, that stops you from living your dreams. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you hear people say, you know, I don't have enough time because I got to go do this and that. But for me, I'm like, at the end of the day, if you're really tired of something and tired of your circumstances, like you're just going to have to do, you'll do whatever you have to, to, to change those situations. And that's kind of how I was, even mm -hmm. though I worked so much, I was just like, man, I, I can't keep doing this. Well, it's, it's just like this. When you think about it, when you say, I don't have time, I think we should ask ourselves, what am I really afraid of? Cause that's an excuse. I don't have time. So just ask yourself, what am I really afraid of that's causing me to make up the excuse of saying I don't have time? Because we have time. Get up an hour early before work. Stay up mm -hmm. an hour later at night. Yeah. You can get it done. Mm -hmm. It's like, I just, for me, I just took it like, you know, I don't even, I really don't have nothing to lose at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, if, if anything fails, and, and Ben Hall told me this as well, um, Big Ben's Dessert, um, mm -hmm. somebody great that you need to meet. Okay. Um, he was just like, you know what, man? He's like, Cause he 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 um he played a little professional football and then he came back home and worked a job and um he quit his job on a random Monday because he and he started wow. baking desserts and he's like you know what wow he's like if, if my business doesn't work out at the end of the day he's like I can always go back and get a get job. a job he said I can always yes. go back and get a job there's a plan B mm -hmm. and the thing is we shot the interview uh, maybe last. March or April, and then mm -hmm. last year in September, somewhere around that, he opened up his storefront. He finally got his storefront. Wow. So it's like, man, and from there, he's still doing speaking engagements and everything. But I, I still remember that to this day. It was two things. It was that one. It was like, I can always go get a job That's if it. it doesn't work out. And then he always told us, you know what? You, you can't get out of life alive. He's like, people love to play it safe. Like, it's a, a reward. Like, congratulations, you made it out of life alive. But he said it doesn't work that way. I just feel like you wasted your life. Exactly. You're just wasting wasting time. And I didn't want to be one of those people just looking back like, man, I wish I would have at least took a chance just to see what would happen if I if I, if I I would have tried to do what I wanted to do mm -hmm. instead of just sitting back and waiting. Mm -hmm. Because if you just sit back and wait, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. I, I think that success is like a magnet. And the only way that you attract it is if you go t towards it. Mm -hmm. You know, and for me, I like I'm not going to have any regrets. I'm going to do everything I wanted to do. I, I I make big I proclaim big, big things. And I know people are probably like, she is crazy. She is in King Street, South Carolina. And I'm, I'm happy to say that 90 percent of those things have come to pass. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about faith, because they've come to pass now, I'm thinking, OK, I need to think bigger because. Uh, yeah, it was scary going through the process, but then looking back, I was like, that wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't yep. bad at all. So mm -hmm. I, I got it. I just feel really in life, we will never, ever live up to our full potential. But man, it's so fun trying to. It, it is, it is. It's just seeing what else you can do. Like, it's, I didn't know I had that in me. It's worth it. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, you, you really have to talk to this guy and, and listen to him. I, I love Ben, man. He was like, he's like, if I tell you, if I tell you to pick up this water bottle, mm -hmm. you just do it. Yeah. With no problem. But yeah. he's like, if I now if I tell you to pick up this house, he's like, oh man, I gotta right. I gotta really work for it. But he was like, the those things like that, just having that faith and he's like just That's knowing it. that you can do it. Man. He's it. like getting in your you, car, you just think it's gonna start. Mm -hmm, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. Automatically. Yep. <laughs> you you don't question it. You know, mm -hmm. I know this I just bought this car. I know it's gonna run well. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. But but what would you tell people who who, who want to start their journey as an entrepreneur? What would you tell them? I would tell them um, to be realistic and understand because I think that people are glorifying entrepreneurship right now. You know, uh, people make it seem like, oh, it's the, the best thing in the world. I'm an entrepreneur. 
But again, people don't show the other side to like putting in a lot of work mm-hmm. because that's where your income is uh, coming from. So you're putting a lot of work, you know. Um, so I would say be realistic and understand that it's going to take work. But if that's what you love to do, then it's not really, really work. Mm-hmm. Not to me. I just feel like I'm getting better because I'm spending time in my craft, Absolutely. you know, and I'm going through these experiences and I'm meeting these people along the journey. So understand that, and, and one of my favorite sayings is um, put your time in, payday is coming after a while. Uh, it's an old gospel song. And um, I live by that because what that tells me is that nothing is overnight. Uh, many times people think things are overnight, but it's really been like 10, 15, 20 years in the making. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like all of a sudden main media picks you up, mainstream media picks you up and people are like, where did you come from? I've been grinding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, understand, stay the course. Anything worth having is worth putting in the work and stay in the course and um, definitely write your goals down. Visualize. Um, I write my goals down and I sleep on them at night so my subconscious mind can work on them. Um, I visualize where I want to be, who I want to be, what I want to have, and um, connect with people. Uh, Social media is great. I love social media. I Mm -hmm. live by social media, okay? But nothing beats people. Absolutely. That's that's why, like I was saying, I love to to sit down and do these interviews because mm-hmm. you can you can easily do it over the phone or Skype or anything. But, mm-hmm. but when you, when you sit down and talk to these people, I like to build relationships with them. Yeah. And, you know, stay in touch with them. I want to be okay. Hey, I interview such and such. That's it. That's and I don't ever have to talk to them again. Right. I like to actually see these people and, and talk to them and build with them because I want to see them continue their success. Right. So that's why I love doing it this way because I feel like it's much better. It is much better. Few more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. If you had to lay it out, what would you say is like the blueprint for success? Oh God. The blueprint for success, if I had to lay it out, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a really good question. Um, number one is belief. Belief in yourself. Uh, when you believe in yourself, you and God, that's a majority. Um, I believe the God in you is great and you can make anything happen. Number two is training your mind for winning, Um, training your mind to be able to go through the hardship that you're going to endure. Um, They're going to be dark days. It's just like the seed that's in the soil. It's planted in darkness, Mm -hmm. but yet it's germinating and taking root. So you got to get your, you have to understand that that's what's going to happen with you. You're going to have dark days, but that's not, it's not trying to kill you. It's just trying to help you to grow and take root, get your bearings so that as you, when you spring through the soil, you'll be strong. Um, Number three is collaborate with great people. Uh, Number four is expand your Rolodex. Get to know more people, build relationships. Number five, and I'm real, real, real big on this, invest in yourself, invest in your brand. Um, Mm -hmm. Like today, you're wearing, you know, your business on your shirt. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing my website with one of my phrases built for this on my shirt. And um, I stopped buying a whole lot of name brand, which I never bought name brand anyways. But I stopped buying other people's stuff and mm-hmm. started buying T-shirts with my stuff on it because I'm like, if I got to wear clothes, I want you to see what I represent. Mm-hmm. Um, so invest in yourself. And that's 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 in your brand by your knowledge, by going to seminars and courses, by getting around the right people, um, by wearing your brand on your chest. I'm real big in that. And um, be thankful. Celebrate the small victories. Um, and just understand, like Nipsey said, it's a marathon. It's a marathon, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Who, who do you look for to is like maybe like inspiration or somebody who kind of like I don't want to say set, set the bar, but like mm-hmm. as far as like playwriting and acting and mm-hmm. everything. Who would you say like would it be like a Tyler Perry or who? Oh yeah, yeah, say? definitely David E. Talbert and um, Tyler Perry. Um, I love Shonda Rhimes, of course she's mm-hmm. on TV. Um, I love. Um, Ava DuVernay. Ava DuVernay. Yeah, love her, love her. She wrote, um, she she was the one who made uh, When They See Us. Yes, yes. I, I watched just a little bit. Of I haven't it, been able to bring myself to Yeah, I couldn't really watch the whole thing. I can't thing. do it. Yeah. Everybody, because I've seen everybody's reviews, like, it's great, but it's just tearing me up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want, I'm, I'm not ready to go there right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, and they gave <laughs> the, the lady, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Fairstein lady, I think that's her name, um, the, the slander she got on social media, I think oh, she yeah. ended up deleting her social media. I think they fired, she did. I think they fired her from a board or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, I just mentally, I just wasn't in a place to go yet. there yet. So yeah. I haven't seen it either. But I think it's up for the most amount of Emmys it's ever mm-hmm. been um, given for nomination. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, Whoopi Goldberg, 
because uh, when I was growing up, The Color Purple, my favorite movie, and when I seen Whoopi, that told me that, oh my God, you know, I can do this. Whoopi's doing this, mm-hmm. you know, being an actor. Of course, Oprah Winfrey. Um, I love Les Brown. I love Grant Cardone, mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk. I love Gary V too. Yeah, yeah, I love I love Gary V. Um, I love um, Devon Franklin. Um, I love how with Devon Franklin, how he uses his faith, and he's in Hollywood. And he's like, yo, this, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing me. And it just shows me that there is, there's room for everybody. Like we talked about that before. Everyone has their own audience. And as long as you are authentically you, you uh, it, it, you don't have to worry about somebody saying, oh, you're counterfeit. You're going to mm-hmm. make it. You're going to be in your own space and make it. So um, my parents, even though my father's deceased, he, I learned a lot f- about work ethic from him. I learned a lot about being excellent and education is key. My mom, just about having faith, um, comedy from my mom mm-hmm. and just um, believing in yourself. Um, I love Lisa Nichols. I love Steve Harvey. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith is just amazing to me. Um, and so those a are lot some, of great people. Yeah, those, those are just some of the people mm-hmm. that... Um, that I look towards. And of course, um, uh, Reverend Ike. And even though he has a reverend in front of his name, Reverend Ike talks like, like, like how we're talking. And mm-hmm. he tells you how to take like real life situations and break it down and exceed, you know? And I'm like, dang. Mm-hmm. And I like E.T. the hip hop preacher too. I like E.T. So. Oh, have you heard, of, have you seen um, Inky Johnson? I've seen a couple oh, of his man. things. Yeah, I, I, I like I like okay. I like Inky Johnson as well. Okay. And um, this guy, it's another entrepreneur, Patrick Bet David. I um, love him. My friend uh, Taylor, she I interviewed her earlier this year. He mm-hmm. he he's somebody definitely ch- check him out as as well. Okay. But um, my last two questions: Is there anything differently you would do along your journey? No. And I say that fast, and I say that with the utmost confidence, um, because I think that everything has developed the way it's supposed to develop. I used to say, man, I would have got started with my dreams earlier, but then I wouldn't have learned all those other little lessons I needed to learn. So, no, there's nothing I would change. Um, I'm just thankful that I finally woke up and got the drift before I'm like 60, 70, 80 years right. old. <laughs> <laughs> my, and my final question I like to ask everybody is, is what is your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is to inspire billions across the world. And I want to do that in, in, in by storytelling. I want my my stories to be on TV, film, stage, radio. Um, I want to come into people's households. I want to be on their cell phones. I want to be in their minds. When it, I want to be in their dreams. And I want it to be, oh, my God, that Sue Him story, that was amazing. Or, oh, my God, um, she truly inspired me to live my dreams. Or just something that um, the Sue Ham brand did. But that's 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 where I want to be. And that, to me, is huge. When you're when you're impacting billions, and I'm, and we got what close to eight billion people, so yeah, I'll set up for one billion. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want so I want to inspire and impact a billion people on this earth before I leave. Well, Miss Suhan, I want to thank you because you inspire <laughs> me. Um, oh, before we got here, also I saw the 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 video with the children talk the anti-bullying campaign. Yeah. You want to talk about that real quick because yeah. I want to give you a chance to speak on that as well. Well, we actually did a full-blown play um, entitled "Beautiful Minds" that I wrote, and it was around bullying, and um, we were actually able to sell that out. And um, to the audiences that came, we did it here in King Street and in Sumter, South Carolina, and they're just mesmerized and blown away. But more so than the accolades of the actual show itself, we had people giving testimonies of how they were able to heal how kids came. Parents were like, my child came out and admitted to me that they're being bullied. And I'm like, Oh my God. And they were like, but they weren't able to do it until after seeing your show. Uh, we had adults say that brought back a lot of memories because I was bullied as a child and I'm still being bullied as an adult. Mm. And it actually helped me to heal, begin the healing process. And I'm like, Oh my God. So that's another reason why I want to inspire billions mm-hmm. because um, the art of storytelling, the art, Arts itself is healing. Um, but then I also got hired to do uh, a play with the school here in King Street. And I actually used 10 and 11 year olds. And that was my first time mm. ever working with an age group that small. And um, we did a skit and it was about 20, 21 minutes. And it was about bullying. And um, it was just amazing. Uh, these kids performed at a top notch level. Um, the audience really received the message. But my whole thing is I'm truly about um Let's stop bullying. Let's accept people for who they are. It's all about love. Um, you know, so I just want to spread that. I want to encourage as many people as I can to live, love, learn, and laugh. 
to not quit, to follow their dreams to success. Because I feel when you do that, you will uh, decrease depression, decrease suicide, decrease unhappiness. Because when you live in your passion, living your dreams and secure in who you are, you don't have to pick on other people. And uh, you can just be happy, man. Absolutely. <laughs> like, like, but well, not Bob Marley. What is the man? Uh, don't worry, be happy. Don't I worry, forget. Uh, what's his name? Please, uh, I, I can't even think of it. Okay. <laughs> Before we got here, um, can you please tell everybody where to find you on your social media and everything? And if you have any advice, do you go ahead and give that out as well? Okay. Well, I think the advice I want to give is what I always give is like, listen, you're entitled to rock this world out. Those dreams and desires that you have in you, they were pre-built before you came here. So the only thing you got to do is execute. <laughs> you don't yeah. even got to think of what you're supposed to do or, or wonder who you're supposed to be. It's already inside of you. Only thing you need to do is just freaking execute. So I want you to live, love, learn, and laugh. Don't quit. Follow your dreams to success. And I would love for you to help make my dream come true of impacting and inspiring 1 billion people by joining me on my social media sites, and that's on Facebook at Suham, Instagram, Suham Baby, Twitter, Suham Baby, and of course, my website is Suham.com. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Hammond. I appreciate you. Yes. Oh, and um, I had a comment on Instagram before we came in. Uh, Johnny Sizemore. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he's was like, state. yeah, he's a, yeah. Johnny actually um shot a couple of my interviews for me. A really good guy, man. I really mm -hmm. appreciate Johnny. But quick shout out to Johnny. He was like, Sue Ham is the bomb. Oh, man, he so, is too. He yeah. does a lot of plays. Up oh, there. Yeah, ab yeah, absolutely. Showtime Productions. Yes. He does a really good job yes. as well. So I just wanted to mention that before we get out of here because he's cool. tuning in. Johnny. So uh, shout out to Johnny as well. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Till next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is Across the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.